Welcome to Interior Analysis. I'm Evan Westman. I'm Jelani Kelly. I'm David Jones. And today we are talking about The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, so this kind of feels like a big episode just because, like, we have talked about this so much. Like, I feel like this and Community are, like, the most mentioned things on other episodes. And probably the Raimi trilogy in, like, conversation with this. And for once, I'm leading a superhero episode. I did not realize this was your first time with that. I, yeah, I think it is. Unless we want to count, like, Infinity War and Endgame back when you weren't technically a co-host yet. But, like... Nah, everybody led those. Yeah. Well, I also, like, you were a guest on those for a reason. (laughs) Because, like, it's it's your thing. Yeah, I was afraid this would not hold up because I hadn't seen it in probably, like, I want to say, like, five years, probably. It's been a while. It's not perfect, but I definitely still love this. We'll see if the same is true of two. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about two, um, that it won't hold up as well. Also, please like help me to not bring up the Raimi trilogy too much no. on this. I'm gonna be tempted. We'll probably have to bring it up at some point, but like I'm gonna encourage it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it up too. Yeah, well, there's we we have three very long episodes on Patreon about the Raimi trilogy. Just me and Jelani. I wasn't but... able to speak my opinion on, so this will be my chance. We'll we'll try to give you some space for that because I am very interested to hear your opinions because I pretty much know where Jelani's at in terms of Spider-Man because we have talked about it a lot. But I'm curious to hear where you're at, David. So yeah, we've all seen this before. Yeah. So uh, what are some initial thoughts from you guys though, like revisiting it? I like this movie more than I remember. Damn right. I I was originally, and I probably shouldn't admit this, but I was just gonna keep it on, like while I was doing something else, and then I was just I just couldn't find myself. Like I kept locking eyes with the movie, and I was like, no, nah, I gotta sit down and just watch rewatch all of this. I don't even remember it being two hours, to be honest. I didn't remember it being that long. There's probably bias in that, but. That's all I'm going to start with. I had a very opposite experience with this film. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> this is good. This is good, though. We need, we need, no, we need yeah. counter opinions. But, uh, no, it's good. Yeah, everyone's at the table here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd seen this, I think, twice before. I know for sure I saw it in theaters. And then I'm going to say about the DVD and watched it at least once. And I remember really liking it as a kid. And I didn't get the hate that was given, other than like the obvious, like, He's not the Peterisms that we're used to. But as I rewatched it this time, and I watched it with my sister, it was her first time watching it. And we were just watching it and watching it, and I was just taking my mental notes. But then when it was over, I asked her, I was like, so what did you think? And she said, it kind of dragged a little. And I was like, yeah, I felt that. And I I think it might be the first act. I'm not sure what specifically, but I think something about it just feels a little long like i feel like you can feel that two hour 15 and if they took it back like 20 30 minutes it would be so much better of a ride it is definitely not the tightest movie structurally and maybe we can get into why because i had a i kind of made a topic for that but i agree that like there's definitely some plot threads that they really just drop and we'll get into that but that is a that is definitely a fair criticism, I would say, as much as do I love it. 
You think that if they cut out like all the mumbling and and stuttering, <laughs> like this would be so what? Well, an hour and a half. All the times he's like, I don't, I don't know if you wanna, yeah, if you wanna, uh, but then so we can also, but if you wanna, and then she's like, oh, so we could, and he's like, oh, you would, or or or, or uh, we could we could do something else, or or no, not. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like that part it gets a little like aggressively stuttery. The rest of it, oh, I'm okay for with. sure. That seems, I was like, like a little too much. What's going on here? I love Andrew Garfield so much. He's like, I've been seeing him a couple other things. Somebody just like an hour ago was telling me, "Yo, you should go watch Tick Tick Boom," and I was like, "I don't like Rent, but Andrew I've been Garfield. seeing ads that's supposed to be really good. I've like, been really, hearing so really many good. good things, but I've heard Rent. Like I've never seen Rent, and I've heard it's kind of trash. So <gasps> it's a musical. Yeah, yeah, Tick Tick Boom is. That's the truth, though. I will. Say, he's the best actor to ever play Spider-Man, like hands down. Oh, actor, got it. I just want to mention that scene where Flash apologizes after Uncle Ben gets clapped. Uh, still gets me though, mm. like that. I don't know what it is about that scene, but it made me want to see more Flash in that universe because it shows he's not. He's he's three dimensional. Yeah, know? he's not a one note just bully. Now, like the Flash from the Raimi one would have probably kicked part, uh, Peter's butt that that day anyway. I wouldn't want to fight me neither. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I liked that scene, but I don't get at the end why he's all like, and Parker like jumps all on him, and then he's like, oh, the shirt, yeah, he's good with the ladies, oh, see you later. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? When did this happen? Yeah, I think it, it kind of jumps that. Like, I don't know if we're supposed to read them as friends. I feel like he's just like he's just that guy who's like wants to just get up in everyone's business. Like, he's just got such a needs to be dominant personality. But, but like, also, Flash are... canonically is a fan of Spider Man. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, he is. In yeah. the. Uh, in the, they he's did that in the stand. trailer for um, No Way Home, where the yeah. I think it's the kid who plays Flash. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. I respect yeah. Spider Man. And then Peter walks mm-hmm. in, he's like, what's up, dickwad? Like, I love that moment. Um, even though that movie's like, whatever. I, I don't remember seeing this in theater, but I don't know why I wouldn't have. Um, I I think I did see the second one in theaters, and I don't remember loving that when I left. Hmm. I did not see this in theaters. I think I saw it like a little under a year after it came out. I got it out of the library, I think. I did see two in theaters, but we'll save that for when we talk about two next episode. The only Spider-Man movie I had, I had seen before this was I'd seen the 2002 Raimi version, probably like four years before or something like that. And I immediately liked this better, even though I didn't at the time hate the Raimi movie yet. But... I would say this remains my second favorite Spider-Man movie behind Spider-Verse. I feel pretty secure in saying that. Would I argue it as, like, objectively stronger than the Holland ones? I don't know, maybe. I'd probably have to revisit those, but I definitely, I, I unapologetically like it better. I'm, I'm going to stand with you there. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's the best written movie uh, to the Raimi Spider-Man 2 fiends. But uh, I, I still prefer this as, like, second, to be honest. Um, the Tom Holland ones kind of make me want to watch all the other MCU movies, to be honest. So maybe No Way Home will change that, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> he said no. It won't. No way. No way. 
that's the one thing that like as a spider-man fan like we have yet to have a spider-man story in the mcu like homecoming dabbled in it but come on vulture like who gives no yeah give us like a real spidey villain he has the best catalog other than batman so it kind of sucks that he was given to the mcu and then we didn't get anything and now it's his third movie yeah i mean i still kind of lament that because i I know two has its flaws this has its flaws but if the amazing spider-man 3 were released today i would go buy my tickets and see it in theaters i think it would make more money today just because everyone would be so confused as to why it's getting made (laughs) yeah Even yeah, with what they were talking right. about, about bringing Captain Stacy back as, like, a monster and shit. Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, that sounds yeah. I heard they were going to bring, I mean, spoilers for the second, I heard they were going to bring Gwen back in the third Ooh. somehow, which I don't know. I mean, I, I like Emma Stone Spider-Man. in this. I don't know if I'm here for that. Just as, like, I don't know, resurrecting characters is not something I'm a fan of. You know what's crazy? I wouldn't consider myself a huge Spider-Man fan. But I also didn't know that Gwen Stacy died in the comics before that movie. Really? I didn't. I didn't know that. I and when didn't. I was like, you got to catch her, man. Oh, oh, she's oh, still wow. falling. Okay, cool. Uh, Spidey, you got to... It's Emma Stone. And then broke Nick Mountain. And she, she, <laughs> she died. <laughs> like, uh, I don't... I was so steeped into the, like, YouTube niche film like content creators in 2012 that like when the, this got announced and it was like yo it's gonna be Gwen Stacy and not MJ everyone was like so how are they gonna kill her like are we gonna do it because everyone knows I that's the big moment that. like that's when Spidey is responsible for the love of his life dying and it's such a cool moment and that's like the one thing I'll give Amazing Spider-Man 2 when we get to it like they got that even if they had to like do a horrible job forcing everything in to make that moment happen. At least we saw that happen at some point in my life before I died. It's one of the greatest 30 seconds of, like, any movie. I remember the first time watching that in theaters, like, I was like, he really could catch her, but he really... I had no idea either. I was like, this is so split. Like, he could, and I'll be super here for that, but he really might not, and then he doesn't. And it gets to the point where, like, she's fallen so long that, like, you're like, if he catches her, like, that bitch is gonna, like, the, the you're kind of like, let her fall, let her fall, she'll die. You know? No, it David! It, get, no, it, it gets back because you're like, do you want to be paralyzed for life no. or do you want to just flat out die? Yeah, you know what happens. Oh, I remember audibly gasping at that moment. I, I, nobody wants to see Emma Stone fake die in a movie. No. Definitely not. That moment still hits me, and the internet is just—the internet is just a collective asshole, because they have made mm-hmm. so many jokes and and memes about that death scene alone. It's like y'all have no chill whatsoever. Well, it's pretty memeable. <laughs> God damn it! Damn it. <laughs> you gotta admit. It, I'll admit that it is, but like, there's a line. There is a line, and that is. Oh come on, it. people meme nine eleven. It's fine. That's a movie. Let's get. Let's all calm down. It's still across the line. <laughs> it's still across the line. Like you can't meme. Like think about. I, I know that we're kind of <laughs> off topic here, but kind of not. Like imagine if they have they memed Uncle Aaron's death. Like that is that is sinful. No. If they've memed Uncle Aaron's death anything. from no, Spider Verse, I've never seen it memed, but it better not be. Like, you leave like that alone. That is sacred. Like, the way they shoot Gwen, 
It's death. It's kind. Of, they, it's the slow mo. All the. It's, it's kind so of memey. The close up. Like it's good, but it's good. It's so like CW angst. So I can see it hitting for like those teen years, but like it's memeable. It's a little it still soapy. hits now though. Uh, it definitely hit her pretty hard. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're not talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2. This, this, that's not this episode. First topic, if we're good on that. <laughs> um, yeah, let's just, yeah. Okay, first topic, uh, I wanted to go over the theme of, like, power responsibility. I've heard criticism of how Uncle Ben delivers that in this. I hear that, but also, like, I think this movie does just such a good job of actually exploring what it like with great power comes great responsibility means i feel like this movie in connection with the dark knight trilogy kind of shaped my definition of what being a hero meant and maybe it's because those were some of the first superhero movies i saw and they were probably within like a year of each other i think that i watched all uh this and the whole dark knight trilogy but i feel like it just you know it makes the idea of like what being spider-man means what being a hero means so much more accessible as uncle ben says like if you can do something good you should even if it's like a small thing and i think that's just an important thing to acknowledge in a theme like this because like most of us are never going to have great power but with this take on it it's like we still have some level of responsibility and i feel like it really goes out of its way to send that home whereas the raimi movies really just kind of leave it at the one line and yeah that one's more memorable it's a lot cleaner but i i really stand by the way that this movie constructs this theme because then it kind of extends into like i I love how they make peter's like kind of interests that he already has and the skills he already has like he makes his web shooters which one is just dope on its own and then two it like it kind of becomes part of the thematic conversation i feel like because he's had like he's been developing this skill he like tinkers with stuff and he like has that lock on his door that he invented so without developing that skill he could not be spider-man and he thinks to do it and does he like takes the skills that he has and uses them for good like that to me is what spider-man represents i I needed to see him at least skateboard once in the spider-man suit to utilize the skateboard oh wait no it breaks damn it when does it break the subway yeah oh yeah but he has it back because he 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 has it back later after he breaks the backboard he has it in that scene so yeah maybe he also has it in the the shout out cosmo the, the the levi's commercial scene I don't know if that's after or before the subway. What's the Levi's commercial scene? <laughs> Where he's in, like, the abandoned warehouse-looking area. He's, oh. like, swinging on the chains. It, 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 looks yeah. like, it looks like a Gene ad. Now that you're saying that, I do see that. That's a good call-out, though. I do like that scene. But, yeah, it is. it does kind of read like a Gene's ad now that, now that you're saying that. I, I like that... Uh, he doesn't start off doing good, even though he was just told to do good right before Uncle Ben died. Um, 
feel like he re- realistically reacts to having his uncle murdered. Uh, like, oh, someone killed my uncle, and I have to have the power to track him and seek vengeance um, instead of, oh, I'm going to start saving people now. Uh, no. And also, to critics of him going after the the thief that killed his uncle, Tobin Maguire did the same exact shit, and he killed his man uh, by yeah. scaring him off off that building. He, yeah. he did it without touching him, but that man died because of him. So screw all of you that hate this movie because he went after the killer a word i hadn't i honestly forget that he kills that guy in spider-man 2 the start sorry sorry spider-man 1 um but yeah i agree and like i i understand the frustration i was going to get into this later but I, i think it's okay to bring it up now like i understand the frustration with them dropping off the whole thing with him chasing after chad kroger is that the actor's name or the no he just name? looks no he just looks like chad kroger the guy who sings for nickelback so that's what i call him i was gonna um, ask what uh, the hell that name was uh, if you look up chad kroger it does kind of look like that dude just sounds like a fake name uh well some people might wish for that but oh well <laughs> a- anyway like i i do like that he drops it off and i was kind of thinking like there's that scene at the dinner table where because i think up until the lizard attacks the bridge like right after he peter goes to dinner at gwen's house i think up until that point he is just chasing after the guy like he's not being a crime fighter yet he's not trying to help people i kind of forgot this moment but as i was watching it this time i saw like captain stacy calls him out he's like this guy is like driven by vengeance and I feel like we don't really get a beat where that lands, but I was kind of reading it like maybe that actually gets to him and he realizes, oh, maybe I, maybe this isn't the best way for me to do this. And I was thinking a way that they maybe could have made that scene stronger is if, because right after that, the lizard's attacking the bridge and Spider-Man goes to do that. I was thinking it would have been better, like a little bit better if Captain Stacy maybe gets a call like on his police radio or whatever. And they hear, yo, we've got this guy. He's got the star tattoo, so we know it's the guy. And then Peter goes to the bridge anyway. So that he's like kind of choosing, I'm going to help people instead of going after this guy. I think it actually is good. I really like that they do drop it off. But it does feel very random, the way that it just kind of fizzles out. So I think it's a fair criticism people can make. And it's not the only, like, plot line that that happens with. But I was thinking, like, there is kind of a thematic something there. They just didn't quite stick the landing with it. They didn't didn't quite make it land the way I think it should have. I don't know if you guys have responses to that. Uh, my main response is I so okay I <laughs> I don't I don't mind the responsibility scene that much, especially because Peter calls him out and is like, "It's kind of <laughs> it's a stupid thing to say when your dad <laughs> ran out on you." But the scene I like a lot with Uncle Ben that I think I was like, you know, this is one scene that's not in the Raimi movie that like really is cool was his response to, like, him showing off to Flash and, like, him telling him this is all about revenge. Like, what is this? Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I really like that. I thought that was a really nice touch. And Martin Sheen does an awesome job. Oh, yeah. Martin Sheen's excellent as Uncle Ben. 
to the jean ad. <laughs> I enjoyed the swinging as a kid, and I enjoyed it again this time. But yeah, it really did kind of feel out of place for some weird way. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't get that. But I also do question whether or not Peter really got that responsible in this movie because like he's a little reckless and then at the end when she's like don't make promises you can't keep and then he's just like whispers in Gwen's ear and he's like but those are the best ones I'm like oh god now you know you know that person just died and you already know your uncle died like you had just had two people die and this person you love and you're just like tee hee tee hee let's roll the dice to be fair this is kind of a dick move on Captain Stacy's part. I get um, it though. It's your daughter. There's yeah. There I, yeah, is a I, reason I was gonna say it. I I I get that, but I, I, I was gonna say it's kind of a dick move to make uh, someone promise to stay away from your daughter as as your final word, and your spouse to promise to never remarry before you pass away. Why why why? If if, 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 if that had life or death implications, you... if that huh? had life or it depends because that. It's it's like that if that has life or death implications, like, because you know you're gonna die if you're with Spider Man. Like, come on. Well, so I wanted to to bring this up too because I was I don't know if this is the best reading of the scene, but I was thinking of it in a different context because I, I I did used to read that moment at the end where you're like, yeah, but those are the best kind. I was like, uh, I don't know about that. This time I was thinking maybe this is too generous of a reading. I was thinking maybe. Does he now see himself as responsible enough to both be in Gwen's life and keep her safe? Well, he was proven to not be. But not in this movie. I think in his mind, maybe that's where he's coming from. I don't know if there's, a, there's not a ton of textual evidence to support that, so I, I could very well be wrong there. But I was thinking maybe that's his rationale there, is like... Yeah, she'll be in danger, but also, I can get better at being Spider-Man. I can keep her safe. I mean, he did just save the city, so. I also don't understand his rationale throughout the movie, where, like, he'll show everybody and their mother that he is Spider-Man, but he just can't tell out May. Like, you should show anybody. You, you'd be like, you want me to take off the mask right now? Like, I'll do it. Like, he's so willing to take off the mask to tell anybody anything. Like, I think... Okay, how many times does he actually do it, though? Is it, I think he it's takes just... Off the, I, this I, is a, I this wrote is it a, down. This is, a two, this is a two-hour-long movie, Evan, and four people find out that this dude's Spider-Man, and it's an origin story. Emma, the kid on the bridge... Uh, the villain Stacey, and the dad. The lizard and the dad, and the group of thugs when he first goes out to... Avenge Uncle Ben's death. They when they say I've seen your face, him, them too, because he didn't have his mask at that point. But he can't just tell Aunt May. And the whole thing with like so much of his issues with Aunt May and Uncle Ben could have been solved with communication. So like that could have been nice if they could have just you know been like, hey Aunt May, you know I'm coming home bruised every night because I'm Spider Man. Then that would be a fine thing. But they don't do it. But and. Then he brings eggs, and that's supposed to make up for him. This is a stupid <laughs> I reference. I like the eggs moment. I like the eggs moment. 
we, you can keep going, but I want to return to the eggs at some point. <laughs> but that was, that was my main question with the logic. I was like, okay, but like, come on, just tell her. Everyone knows. Like, uh, he couldn't, he went and had dinner with like her like QAnon father and just webbed her, webbed her over at some point and was like, you know what? This is fine. You know, now I'm going to tell you a secret and I'm Spider-Man. Like, really? What, what did she do to prove that she's loyal to you? She already... I want to get into that. I think she does prove that she is Because not... she makes up a little white lie in the lab because she's a horny teenager. Like, okay, this is your criminal identity. Okay, who and says your dad's that's... the chief of police. You really are not taking a generous reading of this, David. And that's okay. That's okay. These are good counterpoints, but I am going to fight back against them. So a few moments I wanted to call out with this theme that I thought were like kind of indicative of an arc. One of my favorites is when Gwen says, that's not your job. And Peter says, well, maybe it is. I feel like that is like the theme in a nutshell is that he can do it. So he should. And that's why he like chooses to fight the lizard small moment, but I love it. And then the eggs at the end, I hear it. If you say it's cheesy. Yeah, it's a little cheesy. But well, it is dairy. I'm no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Eggs are, eggs not are dairy. dairy. Yeah, oh, wait. Right, right. I just like my eggs hatched. So, anyway. What? Um, <laughs> you know how people say, how do you like your eggs? Sometimes I'll, I'll be at a restaurant and be like, how do you want your eggs? I'll say hatched, but I'll settle for scrambled. I, I like must get all the laughs. <laughs> it's, it's gotten a couple reactions. I like doing it. It's fun. Were they good reactions? They're like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, we can't do that for you, but uh, <laughs> sorry, that was that was a totally useless tangent. Um, no, it wasn't. That was. Great. <laughs> um, God damn it. Uh, anyway, the eggs moment. I do like the eggs moment because it's it. I feel like it shows that he is like he's not just being responsible by being Spider Man. Like he's being better for like his role in the family with aunt may like he's because he didn't get the eggs before and now he does i think it is a good thematic moment even if it's a little bit corny yeah i i won't apologize for liking the theme of this i I don't think it's the the greatest executed like portrayal of a theme like i don't think they develop it perfectly but there are those few moments in there that I think are really solid and I think it stays pretty thematically consistent. And I, I also just like, I think the only movie that does this theme harder than this one is Kick-Ass where it's like, cause they, I think they explicitly call out in that movie, no power means no responsibility, except that isn't true. Um, I think that's the line I maybe misquoted it, but I just, I love that as a theme so much. And I feel like it just, it makes Spider-Man read, like, as a character, read so much differently to me. Where, like, as I'm watching this, I can feel Andrew Garfield, like, discovering, or, like, Peter Parker, discovering himself as, like, this is the intersection of, like, what my skills and passions are and what I can offer to, like, my community. I think that is just, like the epitome of what spider-man can represent and i don't like i love spider-verse i don't think even spider-verse does that theme as well maybe that's not what everyone wants spider-man to represent for them 
I will probably always love this movie for that. I'll hear criticisms and disagreements, so if you guys have them, go ahead and throw them out. Yeah, I don't know, you know, Peter. <laughs> Let's start with Peter. I don't really, I have to, why is he skateboarding so much? Why? <laughs> like cool. This movie, what? It's cool. In 2012? What? No, it's not the 1996. Skateboarding was not the the cool thing to do in 2012. That uh, was it like, remains cool. Didn't they, they just add it to the Olympics, David? Dude. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't like make something cool. Yeah, it does. Okay. It's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, sure like, it's fun. But it's, it's fun such... and it's cool, god damn it. Yeah, and you know what? One Peter Parker isn't cool. Like that's the one thing Peter Parker isn't. He's Why a... do people say that like Andrew Garfield being cool is a bad thing? And is I never is. understand that. Because this is another Why? thing. That... Because well this is this is where I come in from the Peter that I know from the comics. Like Peter is a nerdy guy who has a best friend who's super cool and he aspires to be like Harry in a lot of ways. The only thing that Harry doesn't have is Peter Smart, and Harry kind of has a rocky relationship like, with his we're not, dad. We're not going to talk about the Harry from 2. Not this time. Yeah, I forgot he was even in 2 until my friend exactly. was like, well, yeah, I was like, well, he's in this franchise. Anyway. Uh, and Harry has that rocky relationship with his dad, and then his dad kind of favors Peter. Peter's like, well, I don't have a father figure. This is cool. My, I killed mine. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when there isn't a Harry in this movie, he didn't have that. So he was already just kind of like, and it, cool. And I was like, why are we splitting the time with him riding a skateboard and taking pictures? Like he could have just already been a photographer. Why does he have to be a skateboarding photographer? And like I think of the scene where the guy's like, no skateboarding, Parker, put it above your he, wheels above your head. And he's like, this high, this high, and then he skateboards some more. I'm like, this is five seconds of screen time. I really didn't need to be in this movie. But five seconds of screen kind of adds up, and I feel like there's other moments where I'm just like, we don't need him on a skateboard. But that's besides the point. Then he becomes Spider-Man. I feel like his transition into Spider-Man, I don't know. I feel like the costume, I'm a big costume person when it comes to movies, which is why, like, specifically Eternals, not this movie. Eternals, the people are not in their costumes a lot, and made me very mad. This... I don't mind him getting it kind of soon from him just starting his costume journey, but I kind of do wish there was more beats in between, like, his first draft to his final draft. Like, they give it, like, a montage moment when it could have been, like, a cool character thing. Raimi did the same thing, No, I feel like he has more drafts. Like, he has, like, he makes his first outfit, and then he does the ring. The and Then he gets his spider. ass whooped. Yeah. And then he gets... That's, that's another thing. I don't like him naming himself. I like him being given the name. That's a whole. That's another. That's a whole different conversation. I only then, remember the human spider and then the Raimi costume and those. Were there others? No, but there's the beat. There's the beat between him like getting his ass whooped to him deciding he needs a better costume. Oh. Like this. It's like the start of the montage. With starts with his first costume and ends with the new costume. They do that here, though, too, don't they? When he's hunting for Uncle Ben's killer. Like, he has the yeah, glasses. Yeah, he kind of evolves then, it. He's like, yeah. he, he gets in the room, spandex. Everything spandex. Yeah. Yeah, he but that's a part movie. of the montage. 
I would say they still have the beat. I just didn't like that it was a part of a montage. That's what I'm saying. I wish I had more time since they're giving time to, you know, So what, what, do we, what do we have him sewing and then uh, Miranda Priest? No, but we have in. a character, maybe like a character moment. Like, that's the thing. I, f- I wasn't, I just didn't get Peter or Spidey in this movie. Like, I was like, I don't know what this dude wants. I don't know what he needs. I'm just, he's just, he's just like mumbling his way through his life as he skateboards and now swings and now destroys things. And that's what makes him relatable, David. Aren't we all human <laughs> beings doing the same exact shit daily? I don't think so, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I didn't mind his interaction with the one criminal in the car where he has like his fun little quip about knives. And, I still Oh my god, it. not small knives. But... I, I didn't mind it because it showed his recklessness. Like, he was kind of abusing power. Like, did he really have to spray him at his balls and pretend to sneeze to do it? Like, he's a little sadistic in that way. What are you, a and cop? It, yeah. And really? he's like, what do I look like, a cop? <laughs> and he's just, like, so I, I enjoyed that because that, like, was our, the character they were setting up that Martin Sheen's like, yo, you can't be like this. Like, please, just be a better person. So, I liked that, but I don't know. He's just... I didn't feel like he was that Spider-Man-y. Like, I felt like you could have put any costume on this dude, and I, I could have, like, took him at any kind of superhero. Like, I didn't feel the Spider-Man vibes. Do you at least enjoy, like, if he... Let's, let's just, like, separate him from other versions of the character. Do you think mm-hmm. he's a compelling protagonist? Because that's my argument, is that he's a compelling protagonist. Do you disagree? No. Okay, why do you disagree? I felt like he was just very passive and things were being thrown at him. Like, I thought Gwen Stacy was a much more interesting character in the scenes and, like, actively. I don't know why. She's definitely compelling, but, like, I, I don't think necessarily more or less than him. Yeah, for some reason I was more drawn into her. And I don't know if it's, like, MJ has such little character in the Raimi trilogy that it was refreshing seeing Gwen Stacy have, like, a character and, like, once and just, ah, she was active. Like, she wasn't just there to be a damsel in distress. But I I really wanted to, like, like him and, like, get into, like, his story and follow along. But I was just, like, I don't know. And I, I don't want to give it to the whole, like, backstory with the dad and the flashback but i feel like that really hurt it for me like i think if you took i think we all agree about that yeah like i think if you took out like the dad storyline and just let it be like just get rid of it like it's just muddying the waters then i would i would be fine because you had the unsolved mystery they use it as a way for him to meet Gwen Stacy, but it, Peter's just naturally gifted in science, so they could have went a thousand different ways to have him meet Gwen Stacy in Oscorp. It also would have given him more of a reason to be with Oscorp. I also wasn't the biggest fan of the villain. I thought, like, Word. we have one yeah, huge... not great. Yeah, like, we have one huge scene where the villain's like, I am the villain. He has, like, his villain scene where he's like, yes, I've decided I am evil. And, like, two scenes before that, he's like armless and one-handed a coffee mug like you know you're solving algorithms and like peter's like yeah but here's the better one and he's so like not active in the story and then he's like i'm the villain and i'm like whoa and they have moments that are like reminiscent to the raimi like they have certain like shots or they have like the villain talk to himself and i'm like yeah 
this is walking this line that I don't understand right now. I'm not sure how to feel. I think we're in agreement with most of that. Yeah. I still have not heard you give an, an argument for why Peter is not a compelling protagonist, though. I'll, I'll agree with you on the other stuff. The dad stuff, um, I yeah, I'm not I'm super on board with that. The lizard, not a great villain. The, the, the only thing is, like, there isn't a story really there or the the character there for that story active enough as a protagonist. Like, if, he's, if there's no antagonist, that's good enough for me. And the story that their plot that they're setting up through flashbacks and backstory has bored me. The character that you're presenting that's supposed to be the vehicle through all of this, I'm not caring for. And whatever they do, I'm not really going to care that much for. And what they're doing... It was just it wasn't that compelling. It was a story I've seen before, and I felt like it just wasn't as refined. Like I don't need to see him skateboard. I don't need to see him swing. I don't need to see these weird kind of moments. Like the moment on the train where he kicks that dude's butt is like okay. I the flash moment is fine, but that's really the Martin Sheen moment that I enjoy. You're talking um, when he breaks the backboard. Yeah, and like. That whole thing where it's like, that's another thing. <laughs> like, the girl's poster got just destroyed with a huge blot of paint. And he walks over, he saunters over like a minute later after it's already been destroyed and lifts up the empty bucket and goes, all right? Like, as if he just fixed the issue. Like, he solved the solution. He's like, yeah, I just fixed your poster. Isn't Why are they painting still? in the gym to begin with? I, I don't think that's the undertone. Why are they I mean, that's not the, the that's the practicality of it though. <laughs> like it's why? just like well, yeah, you know, but I think that's why he's bucket, like bro. he like gets back at Flash is like. Well, that's his ego. Trying it's to do her a solid. I don't. It, well, I maybe don't, it's both. Maybe that's it's both. revenge. It's an active basketball practice. Why are they painting in the gym? Yeah, that's enough. Facing issues. Who knows? No, it's it's a little convenient. I'll give you that. It's convenient. And then the Gwen stuff, I don't mind relationships, especially if they're like, I think their chemistry was good. I just, I don't know if it's the way he's written. I don't know if it's the way they're written together, but their flirting, their intimacy feels very weird. Like, I don't feel as into, I remember as a teenager being like, oh my God, these people are in love. And like, I don't know. This time around, I was like, what? Like, this is just... <laughs> this is wild. But... There was less time with, like, their relationship than I remembered. There actually are not many scenes with it. Right? Uh, same here. Because, like, I I was shocked by how cool she was with the whole Spider-Man thing. Like, there wasn't a lot to prepare her for the Spider-Man, like, drop that was like, oh my god, you're Spider-Man. But she was like, you know, I'm okay with that. Like... That's that's awesome. Let's let's still be together. Like I don't care about the implications this has on my life or my family's life. Like, yeah, because you know it wasn't smart, but it was a great move. And it's it goes back to the thing she says earlier when he stood up for the person at lunch. And I'm like, you're reckless too, Gwen. You're both a little reckless. Yeah, well, like I I think that that speaks well to both of them. Like they they're both like yeah, they both know. have heroic qualities. They, they both like. Each other. They do deserve each other. I think they're good. I, I, I think they could have done better with setting up their relationship here. I won't I won't argue with that, but I think their chemistry's good and I think they textually like there are textual examples of showing them having like a similar worldview. Like they you you can see how they jam with you. I think yes. there's a decent amount done there. There could have been more, but I think they, they do the work. 
only part I didn't believe, probably the only part, I'm sure Dave will correct me. When Uncle Ben says he's got you on his computer, and then she's just over there, like, giggling like a schoolgirl, it's like, what? Right, as if that's good. <laughs> yeah. What? That's, this weirdo you've barely though. spoken, had two conversations with, know about, but have barely had two conversations with, his uncle just came in. He First of all, he just broke a backboard. Okay, cool. And there is definitely uncle, not enough reaction to him breaking the backboard. Sorry, Dave. At all. But there is no. not. Keep going. <laughs> no. And, and and his uncle comes at the school, bails him out, and then is like, hey, this weirdo's got you on his computer. And then she just starts giggling. And I'm like, nobody would react like that. Okay. I, I, that, that just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, there was not enough of a raised eyebrow there, I think. And then they, like, and then they... they, they he doesn't even ask her out. I don't, I don't know what hap- what follows that scene. <laughs> yeah, they no, they end yeah. up but getting I'm, a date. I'm so busy right now. Right? Oh, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm so yeah. busy. <laughs> she, she, he didn't even ask her. He just he's she just says or, either or or, and, or or we could or or we could yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Either one. Oh. And then she goes at one point she, when she gives him her address to her home. She goes, "Come to this address," and then writes an address. To him. <laughs> Who doesn't say this is my place? Like, come to my house. Like, she says, come to this address. Like, it's some undisclosed location that they're gonna meet at a warehouse. And I then she's like, them. oh yeah, it's 2016. I'm like, oh my god, this, these people are just so awkward. But like, they have no reason to be awkward. Like, they're both. I think too they're just trying to double down cool. on like the cute awkwardness vibe that they're going for. I'm but here they're, for it. They're, they're just but... too cool. Like, to, I don't buy it. But are, see, here's the thing. I like the like chill slash lack of chill they have it's like it feels realistic and like he's not too cool like he does he's but he has some level of confidence about him like he's not he's not an action hero i think the same thing is true of miles morales in in spider-verse like he has some level of chill but also like he trips on his sneakers a little or he kind of screws up it's because he always leaves them untied evan yeah it's a choice as he says it's a choice (laughs) but see that but it's like that like that choice i think i actually had a, another screenwriter friend reference that to me like the shoelace thing apparently that's a term now and i think it's referring to that exact shoelace like that was already it's a, a choice thing before that movie it's a it's a personality trait like it shows his personality but also it's like it kind of like he's not quite comfortable enough in his own shoes yet literally to to really own it like i think that i I don't know if that's exactly what they were going for in spider-verse but i think like the personality of both miles in that and gwen and peter in this i think i i just i really enjoy that just because like it makes them feel down to earth but also it's like i want to hang out with these people like they're not they're not so cool i feel like i'd get pissed off if i was third wheeling i would hate i would hate to hang out with them i would love third wheeling with them that would be great god damn it the only thing is i love i love anytime i can talk about spider-verse because it's such a good movie but and i feel like it's great this is a great thing because he's he decides not to he chooses not to and he's reckless in that nature he's not responsible yet but i feel like I guess you could say that blind confidence is there. Like, it's arrogance. Like, Peter... I don't think I, it is blind. I think he's... I think he's just not... I think he's got confidence, but not... A, it's not, like, coming out his ears. Like, it's a see, measured confidence. 
my thing with the Garfield version is like he's never I feel like he's never tripping on his proverbial shoelace. Like he's cool. He's tripping enough. on all of his words though. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's fine. He's just illiterate. Comes up, I think. And, <laughs> and my thing is like, so he, like anybody who's comfortable enough in high school to bring a skateboard and skateboard through people like they're Moses parting the Red Sea, and then like pick it up and then like hold it above their head while a teacher's mocking them, and then mock the teacher and then skateboard again. That's so confident. Like, you don't give a damn what anybody has to say about you. You're just doing your own thing. And I'm just like, is that Peter Parker? Is he that confident? Because he's, like, breaking apart about how his dad abandoned him. Why do we care about his dad? Cut it all out. I can't make you like it. I really like that about him. I just, I don't know. I've, I vibe with it. I like that it's it, it makes him, like, should I compare it to Raimi right now? to mcguire i don't know probably not yeah i'm gonna not do that see like i hate toby as spider-man like i think his like, toby's acting in the Raimi movies is so bad all um, of them are well no I yeah but he well everyone except alfred the alfred the Moline is not half bad James, no, james james franco is really good he plays james Harry's... franco is not really good hard no, he disagree is. Oh my god. Spider Man 2, I have nothing left except Spider Man. You've ruined right Spider Man. No. No. no, that's just, that's the whole movie. The whole movie is that kind of level of camp. Everything's on 12. But his embodiment <laughs> of like just being an absolute asshat, like I could not picture anybody else playing Harry. Like he, the, he dismisses everyone the way he's just like, who's paying for this? Who's paying for this auto? Who's paying for this auto? Ah. I'm like, that's literally Harry in the comics to a T. So, you're James Franco over Dane DeHaan? Oh, is that who plays Harry in the, the next movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. without... I forgot that there even was a Harry in these movies. He's the Isn't one that, that kills... question of the day? <laughs> He's the one that kills... Kills Emma. Yeah, I forgot that they even had the whole Hobgoblin storyline in this, because of how much it's botched. They do just tag it on to the second one like they've been friends forever, even though there was no mention of Harry in this one. Okay, disagree. We'll get to that when we get to it. They, I don't think they act like they've been friends for a while. I, I'll rewatch it and double check. I think they don't ship them as hard as you remember them shipping them. I just can't believe Jamie Foxx is blue. Like, man. Well, he's, yeah, he's back to being there. black now in the new one. Yeah, uh, and, and now his electricity yeah, He has the electro yellow, yellow thing. It's so cool. It is so cool. Yeah. I do hope they do him better, because, like, yeah, they kind of shit the bed with him in, too. What are we talking about? Yeah, we'll get to two when we get to two. We're talking about how dope or not. Oh, I was saying so, Toby's Toby's acting. Toby's acting is like awful, but I bought his like terrible awkwardness as Peter and his nerdiness. Like he was so punchable. Like I was like, yeah, Peter Parker has that kind of punchable quality. Like no one, like no one would really want to be friends with Peter Parker. But I would wanna. I wouldn't want to be friends with Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker, but for a different reason. I for really a very want different to be friends reason. with Garfield's Parker. Like, Garfield's I mean, Parker, I feel like, is gonna, like, take me to, like, an underground rave and, like, just play, like, sad emo music. And I'm just like, this uh, this isn't the vibe. And then Peter doesn't. Parker, t- Toby's Peter is, like, a complete other, like, nerd hard vibe where I'm just like, I don't want to, like, read SAT prep books for fun. 
Well, I think I think part of it is that I've I've thought about this before. Like I think the I think the cultural like understanding of what a nerd was changed a lot in the ten years between the two movies. Like I think it was a much more socially acceptable thing to be into nerdy stuff in two thousand twelve. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, I wasn't really because the Big Bang Theory that much in. Well, it's definitely not just because of out. Big Bang Theory. Oh, don't, don't, I'm not saying only, but don't underplay Big Bang Theory's impact. Like, that, uh, the, the biggest show on network television for years. The MCU had also started. It had. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, like, two months before this, I think, was Avengers. But I think in either case, like, you have a very different vibe around, like, what being a nerd means. Gwen is definitely not played as a traditional like she's valedictorian she is not played like a totally like nerdy i only do school and that's my whole personality kind of thing like they make her have a lot more chill than like a stereotypical like book smart high Mm -hmm. schooler if anything that other girl that was stupidly painting in the gym was that right she kind of looks more the part on that I agree, and that's part of the thing where it's like Gwen and Peter are of the same world, but I feel like if you picked out Peter in that movie and Gwen in that movie and put them in a lineup based on their costume design and you were like, which two of these are together? He just doesn't look the part. Like, he just, he he looks too disheveled and too unkept and too just, like, nomad Like, he doesn't look that... Gwen has the bang, she has the pony, she she has that clean-cut nerd vibe. So what are you picturing? Are you picturing Toby's spy, Toby's no, like, Parker any, with this Gwen? No, but... Hard any, disagree if that's your... No, but take. any Peter Parker... Like, when you look at Peter in the comics, he has, like, his... He has his collared shirt, he has a sweater over the collared shirt, he has a belt on, he has khakis. Like, he looks like a nerd. Since when is a like belt a, nerdy? No, that whole outfit is nerdy. Uh, That's 1950s prep nerd. That's okay, this is 2012. It's not. That's not nerd. He's not that's dressing not, like a Jehovah's that's, Witness. That's not nerd for 2012. What, what 2012 nerd Witness? dresses like that? No, 2012 nerds dress in like probably Thrasher t-shirts, I think. Well, actually, I don't know. Is Thrasher Ow. big? I wore a lot of hoodies. I still wear it. I have a hoodie on right now. Do you consider yourself a nerd, though? Yes. It, what? Okay. So do I, but I, I, I also have, I have glasses on. Yeah, but that's nerdy. Yeah, no. Well, they're for screens, and these, yeah, no, yeah. I kind of need them right now. I have never needed glasses, but I definitely would count myself as a nerd probably throughout my whole life. But I, I feel like that's just been more socially acceptable now. No, People are unashamedly into nerdy stuff. People don't make fun of nerds anymore either. No. No, and I don't think they did in 2012. And, like, I, I don't... I mean, I was three in '02, so I don't really know where it was at then. But, you know, 2012, like, it was cool to, like, be into nerd shit. I was in 10th grade. The world was supposedly ending. Oh, it was yeah. cool, but Peter Parker isn't cool. Like, that's just not the character. But, uh, okay. That's... <laughs> I, I can't really argue with that because I haven't read the comics. I just... I don't understand why people are upset that this is just somebody you'd want to hang out with and follow and i I just i love how active they make him to like sell you on him like we understand like we see who he is 
outside of just being Spider-Man. Like our introduction to Maguire's Spider-Man, I'll, I'll try to make this one of the only comparisons to those movies, but our introduction to Spider-Man, to Peter before he gets bitten, I just have no reason to want to follow him. He's, he just seems like he's very passive. He doesn't seem like he has any skills. He, I just have no reason to be invested in him for even like another three scenes. I don't want to follow him. This Peter Parker, I would follow him even if he wasn't Spider-Man. He's like, he at least does stuff like outside of school. He has a personality. He stands up for people. Like the, the moment where he stands up to Flash, I feel like is exactly, like that is the moment I was sold on his character. It's like- Put him down, Eugene. Yeah, Eugene. <laughs> He's not being aggressive. But he's standing up to him. He has. He doesn't really have the like physical ability to back it up. Like he gets clocked by Flash the next second, and he's down for the count. But he does it anyway. Like that is the kind of person who would become Spider-Man if he had the opportunity. Somebody who is going to stand up for strangers. That is who Spider-Man is. Tobey Maguire would never do that. To add to that. Uh, there was a Reddit post I saw, I think it was yesterday, on the r slash Spider-Man subreddit that was asking the question, what attracts you, what do you like about Spider-Man? And one of the number one things was the relatability. So, yeah, you know, that it, I, I don't, I can't think of anyone I've met or seen ever in my life that has related to Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Agree. Really? So more people you know have, like, they cling more to this movie than the others? I, I don't, I wouldn't say that because I've I've definitely met plenty of people who are into the Raimi movies, but I, I'm going to agree with Jelani here that, like, I, I don't think there's, there's just so little there to relate to. Maguire Parker is just, he's kind of a blank slate. He's too much of a blank slate, I think, and you know, maybe they overcompensated with Garfield Parker. I think that's maybe fair to say, but I will take Garfield Parker every single time. And I'm going to add to that and say I will take a protagonist that is approached like this one every time over one that is approached like they approach McGuire. Like that version. I think it's just so much stronger. Hmm outside of the performance outside of like how much i love andrew garfield as an actor and i'm pretty lukewarm on the whole on mcguire i haven't really seen him in anything else like outside of performance the way they construct this character i i just find so much more compelling i i know one one thing i, w- I really want to mention with it um we can keep going with counterpoints but i remember one thing that really connected me to this character immediately even when i was 14 was that he takes initiative because there was kind of this thing that i had noticed even before seeing this it wasn't like this unlocked it but like all the books i read as a kid or most of them like harry potter percy jackson aragon even alcatraz smedry the 39 clues books and like luke skywalker and star wars and now the other skywalker characters too like all of them are only special because the universe made them special. 
And I understand the appeal of that kind of character, but I remember feeling a resistance to that as a kid as like, it kind of reads like you need the universe to choose you to be like the hero of the story or like do do the kinds of things that they do. And I feel like this character just makes that so much more accessible that Peter literally gets in the position to become Spider-Man because he does things differently than other people. It is his actions that put him there. He is He separates himself from the rest of the tour group and that's what puts him in the room. He doesn't become... Like, there's there's chance involved in him becoming Spider-Man. But he's not really special because he gets bitten. He's special because of what he does. And I think that is always more compelling. And I always try to write my characters like that. Even if there's, like, some kind of... I'm not really into writing powered characters. I, I, like, a lot of times I like having characters actually not... Like, my protagonists often are not very good fighters, even if, like if it's an action movie. I think it's more interesting to see them rise above their opponents, not through their physical abilities, like their natural gifts, but like through whatever it is that I'm exploring. I think that's more compelling. Maybe that's just me, but I just enjoy that approach to a protagonist so much more. I've... I... Again, I'm always referencing the Cosmonaut videos. Um, I believe it was from that, but I've heard that the reason Stanley made this Spider-Man was because he was supposed to be able to be anybody. The Spider-Bite was supposed to be random, so anybody was supposed to be able to be Spider-Man. The comics over time didn't make it seem that way because all of his villains are connected to Peter Parker in some yeah. way. I just wanted to point that out. But I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, do you guys... Because uh, I'd be willing to hear counter-arguments because I think it is kind of a personal preference for me that, like, I like characters who are active. I think that's just... I, I just liked it better. Like, I remember at that stage around when I saw that movie, I would I was, like, already finding myself drawn more to that idea because... I mean, I love the Harry Potter series, but I remember reading them and just being like, it, it just feels like such a disservice to every other character in that universe that, like, Harry is the only one who interesting thing ha- happened to because he's the boy who lived. Like, he's destined by the universe to do this. Like, none of us are going to be that. We're just regular people. So, like, I, I just think it's... A more accessible and more and more like for a superhero story it's a more empowering thing to have your story be about somebody who chooses to set themselves apart and chooses to be a hero to reference what we were talking about off podcasts in anime shonen people tend to relate more to the underdog because of that reason Mm -hmm. um not necessarily the main character they try to make the main character the underdog in a lot of a lot of shonen, but they end up having some sort of broken godly power at at the beginning, and then they learn how to use it over time. That's why I like Jujutsu Kaisen, because that's another thing. But there's this character, Rock Lee, in Naruto that can't use any of what everybody else is using, all of those special powers in Jujutsu, and looks like they're washing their hands all the time when they do the ninja shit. (laughs) Um, 
he is one of the most favorite characters because he became one of their strongest students through training alone. So yeah, this this just another example of what you were saying. David, did you have a response at all? Uh, to anything specifically, it was that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I went. I kind of went all over the place. But like, this is why I love this character is that I. I, I can see what you mean. Like accessible. having him be, you know, have his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory moment where he goes off and go- instead of floating to the ceiling, he gets bit by the spider. But I just I don't know what it is. I don't know why I couldn't get into the movie as much as I did when I was younger. I think it sucks because I think it has a lot of potential. Like especially like the dynamic alone between Peter and the Doctor and Gwen, they could have, like, had so much suspense and tension, especially if they started, like, developing that stuff more, and they showed that more instead of just the scene where, like, Peter has, like, figured out the formula, and then they go and test it on the rat. I just, I don't know. I I wish it had more in that realm I guess that made me that would have made me care more about the characters and the connection because when everything was like at stake I didn't really care the one thing I always will think is cool is how like he uses the tunnels and the webs he uses like the sonic kind of that's dope that to figure out where he is and like that was one scene where like I think they undercut it because you start to see the lizards going and they start to build the suspense and you had already seen him transforming in his other scene so you know he's going crazy and you get like two seconds of like suspense and then like rawr here comes the lizard with a jump scare and he starts beating Peter's ass and I'm like uh if only we could have had like it's just two or three more seconds I would have just loved to sit in that suspense a little longer but just different things there that I just felt like Filmmaking-wise, I feel like this could have been more fine-tuned. But there was so much potential, I think. So, what I'm hearing from you is that this isn't the greatest plot to put this character in, which I would agree with. Is that what you're saying? I think the plot's not that well refined. I think the filmmaking alone isn't that tight. I think the character gets confused for me at times I start to lose him because they split like the science versus the vigilanteism and then they kind of completely throw away the mystery element of the dad so like a lot of the characters roots I get lost with see I would argue that's not so much the construction of him as a protagonist I think that's more just like the plot that they put him in which I I agree has issues I just don't think it's actually a problem with how the character is constructed they just kind of picked the wrong stuff to throw at him like if they took peter like if they cut out the whole mystery bit and the having to be flooded with the basement to get to the briefcase to get him to oscorp and just had him be like the stout peter who would already have like an internship there with gwen and then went in that way i felt like it would just been so much more natural and you could have explored maybe a more interesting dynamic between those three and the suspense within that. But the version I got was like, I just was confused. It felt like it was like kind of contrived beats to get him there instead of just letting like the character lead there and like him being there for that reason. Like it was like, all right, Peter, 
you haven't seen your dad in like 15 years, right? Because that's what the flashback just told us. And now you have his briefcase. And now you have this picture in the one briefcase that you just said was empty. But there's one picture that's kind of faded, but you can make out where it is. All right, now go there. All right, now keep going. And I'm like, all right, he's not a bloodhound. Like, can we just make him like a character? Well, so I'll agree with you that it's not the most like logical sequence of events to get him there. I'll give you that for sure. What I will say is that I think it is a more compelling way of getting him there because we see that he is willing to break rules in that scene. Also, RIP to Rodrigo Guevara in that scene because like he stay he steals the dude's name tag, which I'm not super okay with. But I love that moment where he has to break in to Oscorp. Like Crushy. he doesn't let that stop him. I just think that's so much more revealing of his character. It makes him more compelling. I will give you that it is, like, I don't love how they go about the, like, yeah, we don't really... I, I do like the beat where Uncle Ben is like, we don't really talk about your dad, and that's maybe maybe we should. I like that beat from a character perspective. Again, I, I, I really could have done without the, like, looking into his father's past thing. We didn't need that. I was shocked when they showed his parents the first time I saw this. I was like, yeah. who are these people? That's This is my exact point, and this might be like an editing nitpick, but like, so you get this epic f- title sequence with the webs and the spiders, and it's the amazing Spider-Man, and then you get to this little quiet moment with the kid and his parents, and you're thinking, okay, what? What's happening? And he says, mom and dad, and then it, you know, cut, 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 and we finally get to the big reveal after this two-minute sequence, and it's this oh my god, this is your Aunt May and Uncle Ben. I feel like it would have been so much more of a shock if we started with that, and then after that, we got the title sequence, and then we just continued in the present day. Mm-hmm. The fact that we got the title sequence, like, okay, we got it. This is the amazing Spider-Man. That means we're getting Aunt May. That means we're getting Uncle Ben. That means we're getting Spider-Man. And it's like, Mom and Dad, what? I thought, and then they're like, oh, there's Aunt May and Uncle Ben. And you're like, well, what is happening? That was my own two cents for some reason. I thought if they just cut that there and put that there, it would have changed the whole intro vibe for me. Because I was just so, like, jarred. I'd be here for that. That'd be a good change. Do we think there's anything that could be fixed here? Like, I kind of talked about one of them already with um, Peter chasing after Chad Kroger. Like, how I would fix that. I I hate that. I, I I don't like that, man. Well, he's kind of a garbage person, apparently. So okay. that's maybe why. Chad, it's it's just been memed to death. It's like the name Karen now. Like, yeah, what a Chad. Um, <laughs> Chad Kroger is definitely a Chad too. Like he's such a Chad. Um, like Kroger just fits that last name. I mean yeah. that that first name so well. I just dislike both names together now. Yeah, but he just looked like the sunglasses, the hair, he Chad. <laughs> David, do you know what Chad Kroger in real life looks like? Do you agree? Like the dude no, kind of. No, I didn't even like... know he was from Nickelback, but I <laughs> look him he up. He just looks like a Chad. I will okay, look him up. See. It looks like he does look like the dude. Somebody, somebody tweeted me and back me up here. He does look like Chad Kroger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You see it, right? Put you some sunglasses it. on that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Wait, this is look at this photograph guy? Yes. Mm. Yes, he's the photograph dude from that meme. That 
You know what? You know what I do like about this movie, though. Not all criminals are forced to be bad people. He had a gun, and he chose a non-lethal way to rob the guy. He pushed over some cigarettes or lottery tickets, whatever it was, and then he took the money. He didn't use a gun until someone tried to take it from him. So that's you know, criminaling 101. Also, that entire that entire sequence was stupid. He, the the cashier that he was just a dick to asked hey, two Peter. Cents. Yeah, I. Listen, I, I used to be a, a person, cashier at Family Dollar, and uh, I I get it, but it, when it's a convenience store like that, no, I don't. Because we'd get in trouble if we had a certain, under a certain amount at the end of the day, and there were kids in there that would come into Family Dollar and buy, get a $1 thing and give me a single dollar when it came out to 107 and I would get in trouble for that. But that's besides the point. Dude asked, the, the, the cashier asked... Peter to uh he was like hey stop that guy that just robbed help me stop that guy that just robbed the store who in their right mind would 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 help somebody take down a thief you don't know what he has on him and then Uncle Ben's dumbass uh sees dude drop a gun and he's like hey is that a gun I'm gonna try to wrestle you for it young man um and then gets he gets blasted because of that so He's acting in accordance with the theme, though. That's a good thematic And the moment. theme got his dumb ass killed. It's still a All good I'm thematic moment. He's a New Yorker in Queens, and there's a hot weapon on the floor. He should have ran away. I a real New Yorker would have been like, I didn't see it. I'm over here. You have a good day. Is the game on tonight? Uh, I'm going to like I have a <laughs> watch. Any, uh, any excuse. Hey, that's a nice. he's acting in accordance with the theme. It's a nice yeah. plane in it's the a, sky. Look, look, I hear what you're saying. Killing Uncle Ben is an obligatory moment, and they make it resonate really hard. With also the Andrew Garfield's and crying face. acting against it. His crying he, face in that scene, where you just see the entire inside of his gum was freaky. Where he had like his he he is he is crying and he he looks like he's just slobbering. And I'm like, what what the what what are you doing here, man? I I get it, but. I don't need to see the inside of your gums. It's better than McGuire's cry face. The one scene, though, that I'll, I'll, I'll fight for Toby's acting, because he, he doesn't act in any of the scenes except for <laughs> one scene. He acts in one scene, and it's the scene in Spider-Man 2 where he has to tell Aunt May that he killed Uncle Ben. Oh, I'm hard to yeah. agree. Yeah. I, I actually really like yeah. that scene from him, too. I think that's probably his best scene in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, okay, so you acted one day on this 90-day shoot. Like, every other scene, he's just yeah. standing there. <laughs> I'm just... there. There's, like, a splash meme page of just all the crying faces throughout the <laughs> Raimi movies, and I'm just like, he just looks so stupid. Just dumb. Just the dumb. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it is a little bit regrettable how few memes you can make of this pair of movies compared to the Raimi's, but there's also a reason you can make so many of the rabies ones, which is because they're I, stupid. I go to this. No, but it leans into it. Like, it's, like when, he's, <laughs> when he's taking the elevator because it rides up in his crotch and he's telling the guy, I'm like, this is so camp. Like, I love, like, Spider-Man, don't give, me Spider, don't give me Spider-Man on a thing, skateboard. Give me him in an elevator because it's so stupid. Like, it's just taking the piss out of itself. Every time I go to Rainy Memes, the, the, I, I spend a lot of time on Reddit if that's not obvious. Um, with the Green Goblin in drag, like the Green Goblin does drag. There's a burning building. And he dresses oh, up like yeah. a woman. Like, come on now. 
I win the horn on you out. It's you who's out, Gabby. Out of your mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so good. Cinema. The building wasn't the only thing on fire in that scene. <laughs> out every, every time I go to the Raimi memes subreddit, it, you can whenever you go to the comment section, there's nothing but quotes from that movie. Every quote to that movie, even the the top comments, every response to the comments in in those in those posts is just another quote from the movie that's in response to the. It, the movies are. I, I'll give the movies that they're. I think it's because they've been watched so many. That's because the dialogue times. is so freaking stupid. In that that too. it's so timeless. <laughs> <laughs> Day. You gazed upon her. My favorite part is Spider <laughs> Spider Man 2. There's a whole, like, they spend like five minutes with him just like watching her take out the trash and like him struggling to talk. And then he's like, You move back home, huh? And she's like, Aah. And they have this moment and it keeps zooming in on like, Will they, won't they on their lips? And like, they're I about like to kiss. You today. Oh and then, boy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after you're oh, like, wait, oh my god, married, they're gonna Peter. kiss. <laughs> That's what happens. She walks away and goes, oh, by the way, I'm getting married. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> what the hell? It's the biggest slap in the face to Peter. I'm like, yeah, you're out of this. so funny. zero sense. David, you, you, gotta, you gotta go listen to our three episodes. It will take you a long time. But I want to hear you, your response to that. Maybe, maybe not, like, in these episodes necessarily but i want to hear you like add on to them because we had so many thoughts on all of this like a year ago when we recorded my this. son the astronaut it's so deliciousness funny. the delicious job the delicious <laughs> who refers to anybody else as delicious who has ever done that i'm sorry um that's some girl's name i think in housewife oh is it an actual name? I, I don't know. She goes by Delicious, I think. Wait, is it like re- one of the real housewives of wherever? Yeah, it's some show like that. Or like some VH1 show. Because my friend went to Cancun and he loves those shows. And he did a thing where he pretended to be on a reality show with his family in Can- Cancun for a week. And he gave them all names. And she, she was delicious. No, it was from, do you guys remember the old Flavor Flav show, Flavor of Love? Yeah. No, but I've heard of Flavor Flav. She was one of the contestants because Tiffany New York Pollard, that was my friend, like dragged delicious. She was like, "You're ugly. He ain't never gonna pick you." It was be- that's a whole thing. So delicious wasn't their given name. I mean, I don't know. I don't want a dead name delicious. So <laughs> delicious is delicious. Okay, but like <laughs> their parents didn't name them delicious. Is is allegedly. My Okay, it's just it, that would be a very weird thing to name your child at birth, is what right? Say. Elon Musk. <laughs> okay, Elon Musk kind of one up to that, I guess. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Brilliant but lazy. Brilliant but lazy. I've just been thinking of quotes the whole time. I'm sorry. There are eight million. <laughs> Here's think the of what we could create or destroy together. <laughs> Fast, we attack his heart. I love the Green Goblin, yo. You, you gotta go listen to those <laughs> on Patreon. I'll give you, I'll give you the link or something. 
Because we had way voice. too much fun with those. In the trailer, he drags out everything. Like, that one word, he holds that shit for, like, seven seconds. He's like, you want to have everything <laughs> you want. You know how much I've sacrificed! Oh, <laughs> I love that. That was my uh, He's so I good. I started this company. <laughs> you can't do this to me. <laughs> and J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah that's one note I have. There's no J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I think that would be out of step for these movies, but yeah, J.K. Simmons did did crush that performance. I think I like J.K. Simmons so much in that role. I didn't. It didn't register with me for the longest time that J. Jonah Jameson just actually hates Spider Man. Oh, he hates him. Yeah. It for some reason, it, as much shit as he talked about that Spider Man in those three movies. It never registered until years later. I was like, because you just were having so much fun. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it, I think it was when I started playing the PS4 Spider-Man. I was like, wait, why is he such an asshole? And then I was like, wait, he's always been an asshole to Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what? Wow. He's a yeah, there's, there's one moment in Spider-Man Two where like. The, just the town or the city is going terribly so even J. Jonah Jameson's like yeah. please Spider-Man yeah. but then the minute he comes back he's like oh I hate you oh yeah <laughs> he was like, he, he, like he, a racketed prosecutor he, he was a hero we just couldn't see it and then he turns around and the suit's gone yeah he's a menace yeah he's a, a menace I love that part <laughs> what were we he talking about Spider-Man though oh yeah plot, plot holes um, so um, how do we think like there were a couple of main plot threads that they dropped. There's there's Uncle Ben's Killer, which I, I kind of gave a solution that I think could have worked for that plot thread. The Parents. looking for his dad plot thread gets dropped off pretty hard. They also have a little bit, I don't know if this is like counts as a full plot thread, but there's like a couple mentions of Norman Osborn dying. Um, like he's like ill, and they, they bring that back in the second one a little bit, but we never see him. I wouldn't consider that a dropped plot thread because they're doing that in the MCU with Flash. You notice how in I think it was in both movies. There's mention of his parents, and then in No Way Home, I think it was on the bus when Peter has the glasses on and he's looking at everybody and he sees Flash's text message. He's asking Father, "Has there any been any word from Mother?" And there's no response, of course. But they're they're building something there as well, so I wouldn't consider that dropped. Okay. Well, they, they do mention him a couple times. I actually noticed, like, it, 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 I can't believe it didn't stand out to me before, but they, I think when Peter's first going into the Oscorp building, they show, like, a thing on, like, Norman Osborn, and his face is just, like, blacked out in a silhouette, like he's, like, a murder victim or something. It looks really weird. It's, like, a split-second shot, but I never caught it before. But there's, like, the why couple Why would mentions. they, logically, in that universe, why would they, why would anybody ever do that of their CEO? Hey, here's our CEO, but we're not going to show his face. They right. haven't casted him yet. They're like, ah. yeah. <laughs> he's an unlocked, he's a locked character. Yeah. He's a locked character, yeah. Well, they have Chris Cooper play him for the one scene in the second one, but I think he's not even credited for some reason. Would um, you want to be credited for The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Evan? I mean... Don't, 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 answer that. don't answer that. Chris Cooper doesn't need that, though, at this point in his career. But anyway, like, I, I thought it was weird. Because they mention it a couple times, and they have it be, like, a justification for the research. I'm just pissed off we never found out who that mystery guy was who was setting up the Sinister Six, because he was in this movie, too, at the end. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I think they were clearly setting up for a reveal, expecting there to be a third. Mm-hmm. I think it- this movie and especially the second do suffer from. Uh, there's there felt like such an assumption that they would get more movies. Too much sequel bait. Yeah, too much yeah. sequel bait. Especially the second one. Yeah, with the Sinister Six and the arms and the glider and all that stuff at the end. And yeah. the stuff with the dad definitely, like, obviously they build on that a little bit in two, but I think that also was something they clearly were setting up for it, but I, I wonder if they knew where they wanted to go because it gets dropped off so hard in this. And I, I don't have a solution that I can think of for that aside from just dropping it, but I want to hear from you guys. Do you think there's a way they could have worked that plot thread in better? I didn't want them to. I don't either. So, like, maybe the solution is just get rid of it. But do we think there's a way they could have made it work? Let's not the dad's plot line. Go ahead. If you want to, I'm I'm gonna just no. Like, it it literally adds nothing. It just takes away from the story. So just cut it out. Hmm. I I agree. I I don't know if there's a way to. uh, There might be a way to incorporate it well, but maybe this just wasn't the movie to do it in. Like, uh, clearly they had some kind of plan, but also maybe they didn't really. They just kind of were like, hey, this is an idea, and then did it. I don't know. What do we think about, because this is another, this isn't like a plot thread, but we mentioned this as a weakness before. How could we improve the lizard as a villain? I think one thing is not have the split personality thing that every one of the Spider-Man villains across this and the Raimi trilogy have. I don't know why they keep doing that, but like, how else could we have fixed the lizard? It's hard, because I thought about this too, and I'm like, okay, I'd like the, when you meet him, he kind of gives, I didn't notice this as a kid, because 13 year old me didn't know what eugenics meant, but when he kind of talks about having like no flaws and no illnesses and no mm-hmm. weaknesses i'm like all right we're getting a eugenics vibe okay so we're not all there yeah. but I, I, do i want him to get so into his work that his work destroys him because that's what we see with doc ox so like do we want because then it's going to be like you're repeating defoe with the talking to yourself schizophrenia or you repeat doc ox so i'm trying to think of another way that could show it I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's just because we get so little from him as a person. Like, he doesn't have much of a character to me outside of being, like, Gwen's job, like, th- at all. Gwen's boss, yeah. I think yeah. the best way to avoid it is just to not to do another scientist villain off the bat. Hmm. Just don't pick the lizard. He has an entire a, a plethora of villains to choose from. Craven, that might have been cool to see. Craven... Uh, Could have did a female villain. You said a female villain? Mm hmm. I'm blanking on her name, the cat lady. Oh, yeah, the one that was in the the video game. Yeah. Any of the A listers. I'm blanking on most of them because a lot of them are already used by this point. Well, Vulture wasn't used, but nobody wants to see an old dude. No one wants to see that. Jelani, do you think there's a way we could have, like, salvaged. I hear you maybe, like,. A scientist villain is not the way to go, but like, just give. Let's say we have to stick with the lizard as the villain. Do you think there's a way to fix it, or at least improve it? Um, definitely don't make him crazy. I'm trying to pull from 
my villains, what I do with them. Because I know he thinks he was doing the right thing, but clearly the right thing was insane by every definition of that word. So maybe make his goal a little more realistic and relatable. Yeah, maybe maybe don't have him like try to infect the whole city. Maybe make it just about him trying to get his arm back. I feel like that's a much more grounded motivation. Uh, yeah, I also think it avoids because a lot of the critiques I remember from like those YouTube content creators of the time was like they were getting annoyed that a lot of the big budget action movies fell into like a third act cliche where like everything from the first two acts got thrown out the window and now the heroes have to stop the city from blowing up and there's like yeah, a giant light. The sky beam the sky yeah. trope. And like I feel like this was that and I feel like that again comes from like the lack of foundation they have with him as a villain. Like Spider, like you said, Jelani, Spider-Man, even though it was written with the intention that it could be anyone, Peter's villains become so personal that that's usually a lot of the threat. And this villain is the exact opposite. Even when, I think it's insulting because you have such a clear way to go in with Gwen to make it personal. Yeah. And it's just, you're like, hmm. Right, because we never feel any, because like Captain Stacy mentions that like they've worked together Dr. Connors wrote her letter of recommendation for like college apps or whatever. They never have a scene together except for when the lizard like jump scares her between the blinds of that door or whatever. Like as him as a human never interacts with Gwen Stacy outside no, of the tour. The, yeah, the tour. I was going to say the tour, but they also could have just not been, I don't know if they right. were the same. Like we don't feel any of that day. relationship yeah. in that scene. Yeah, because the guy even said when he read the letter of recommendation, he cried. Like, you made a police chief cry. This guy's traumatized daily in New York. So yeah. this must be some genuine bond they have, and you don't feel it at all. And it's at Oscorp. There could have been so much. I so much. I, Everything it, at the comics happens at Oscorp. Oscorp is exactly. the scapegoat. Yeah, it's their big, bad corporation that they go to for a lot of things. Um, yeah. Roxxon is another yeah, the, I, I'm not going to list things because I, was, I wasn't paid for that. So it, let, let the next writers come up with something. The, the, it it could have been so much they more. They definitely could have saved it. It could have like, been close-knit. Like, it didn't have to be about saving the city in this one, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man 1 didn't do that. And again, not a movie that I think is great. But I like I don't think it's bad because the city is not at stake. We end that movie with just peter fighting green goblin we could have just done that here and i heard i heard somewhere like once you start off with like the first movie being about saving the city you have to escalate from there yeah where do you go yeah you can't just go back to hey this is a slice of life now oh i just gotta save Gwen, and that's it like in the next in the sequel like no you it's a blockbuster movie they're gonna expect you to keep going up with that so well but i also don't know that like that's not the only kind of story like saving the city isn't the only thing spider-man needs to do and you could make it like more relatable stakes like the um i'm gonna take uh an example from that that was uh the people on the beyond the screenplay podcast mentioned with the dark knight they really love how the climax of that movie has a really small amount of people whose lives are being threatened it's like it's like two ferries two ferry boats so like the entire city is not at stake 
So the stakes feel more real because those two, like everyone on those two ferries could die and it wouldn't affect the like continuity of the series. Like that could happen. The Joker's plan could go through and it wouldn't actually like destroy the series. But it's about Um, Batman saving those people. Right. So like they, they really, they were pointing out how like actually lowering the stakes is a better move and i think i think this movie could have learned from that because mm-hmm. and even like take uh, again take spider-man one what are the stakes in that climax it's it's um let die the woman you love or suffer the little children mm-hmm. like in the in the cab full of people that's a that's a pretty contained stakes it's still a lot of people that spider-man has to save but it's not the entire city if they had died then that's tragic but it doesn't really affect like where the series can go from there mm-hmm. so i think i think it, we could have done that like take the bridge scene i think the bridge scene is is really good in terms of like scale with that because there's a lot of people on that bridge being threatened spider-man is saving a, a lot of people in that scene he's saving individuals in the cars he like tethers all those cars to the bridge but if the lizard was victorious in that scene and a bunch of people died, that doesn't mean the end of anything. Mm-hmm. That scene, like even I, I remember uh, this time around, I was watching that scene where the kids in the like when he saves the kid in the car. I was like, they kind of play this like that kid really might die with the slow mo and the fire and the score. Like I kind of like even though I knew how the scene was ending, I was like, they're really building the tension well here. I do not feel like there is plot armor around this kid. I love when the kid started climbing in slow motion and Garfield just interrupts. He's like, a little faster, kid. Yeah. A little faster. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a great moment, though. Like, I think they actually used that scene as a, like, in isolation as a trailer. Like, that was one of the promotional materials, I think. Um, I didn't see it at the time it was airing, but I, I think that was one of their uh, trailers, basically, was just that scene. And it's a great scene to use for it. Like, they... It's such great tension, really high stakes. Like nobody wants to see a kid die, but if that kid died, that's a tragedy. But it doesn't affect the trajectory of the rest of the movie. What is it with Spider-Man and bridges? Is it because there's so many bridges that go into New York? But I'm thinking yeah, right so probably now of every Spider-Man like media like movies and and games th- there was always a bridge scene in the miles Mor- in mm-hmm. the newest one the miles morales game there's a bridge scene yeah well that's the og comic scene with gwen that too that, yeah it, that's how she, it's not this in the uh, amazing spider-man is it the elevator shaft they do it it's in? a clock, clock, clock tower. tower clock tower yeah in the comic it's the bridge she mm-hmm. takes her i think it's the brooklyn bridge that the hobgoblin takes her to and he's just like yeet in the it's in the trailer of uh no way home you guys see the trailer right oh Oh, yeah 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 uh doc ock they're on a bridge it's another it's another freaking bridge what god they're kind of cool cinematic spaces there's a lot of good bridge scenes and it just in other movies rise of the planet of the apes has a good one Mm -hmm. on the golden gate i think uh x-men the last stand has one i haven't seen all that movie where he moves the bridge yep yeah um, I just thought of Final other, Destination. Mission Impossible Three has a has a decent bridge action scene. Final Destination. Yeah, full Dark Knight Rises does a lot with bridges. What did you um, say, David? I said Full House. 
the intro in Full House. They drive out the Golden Gate. Very tense, that intro, I guess. I've never seen it. It's made some a lot of episodes. <laughs> a lot of episodes. Ooh, how's the intro going to end this time? <laughs> Sorry. Spider-Man and Bridges, though. Do we have uh, more we want to talk about with the um, dropped plot threads or, like, structure issues? I think the only thing that you said that really sparked, like, a big point is, like, it's just the character inconsistencies, like, with the Joker decision, like, it's a smart decision, like you say, because you get to bring down the stakes, but at the same time, on a practical level, but on a character level, you get to elevate them, because you're gonna get the time with these characters on the ship, and the suspense builds that way, and it's consistent to the Joker's, like goal the entire movie like he wants to prove that the city is only as good as its worst people and he wants chaos throughout and i don't feel that consistent goal with this villain like it's like a hot switch yeah and where like, all of a sudden now he has like he has to go to the machine plans. he's like and everyone make everything to be melt. Like this. yeah it comes it does it comes out of nowhere which and is why crazy. I think it would have been stronger for him to just be... Because, like, him wanting to get his arm back is a very relatable motivation. That's it's the thing. Grounded. You know what's crazy? If you make this movie around the Lizard's POV, it's a very enticing movie. Like, he has a terrible, like, Walter White-like character arc if they actually gave him that time to have that arc. Because it's just 0 to 100. But in and the you beginning, can see it he's being like, corruptible, too. Like, oh, I think yeah, that would be fun. He, he takes it. it too far, but you don't need him to take it like into other people need to become like me oh yeah because he even says like i this is a great machine that could like cure polio in like two hours but you know people would use it for like genocide and whatnot so we can't use it and then you see him wanting to use it in the end but they just cut like like, cut to this and i'm like where we had two hours and 15 minutes where he could have showed me this whole evolution also but i didn't get it what is it with uh oscorp and cutting people's funding and programs right yeah well, it's just a convenient plot motivation that they lean on a lot in these movies. Did, did that happen with no, uh, not Homecoming too? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, we know you guys uh, do this job. We're, we're cutting you, we're cutting you loose. All right, I'm a villain now. Getting fired sucks. <laughs> this, I guess, getting fired is enough to make you go to jail. Yeah. Well, I think it's I, I think it like it makes sense as a motivation, but like find something else also. It'd be funny like, though. I, like what if you're fired from like a seasonal rapping job where you're basically <laughs> like we laid you off and now you just like rap the city and everyone's suffering. Right? <laughs> you 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 wanted me to be the rapper, but but now you would be the rapped. <laughs> you know. Maybe one day I, I will be the present. roll tables have turned the only thing he could do is just mildly inconvenience the city just wrapping it up like oh this is a lot of paper to take down (laughs) the rapper mr beast is gonna have to put up more trees that sounds that sounds like a parody of this movie, like as the villain. Like I that feel would like be... the, I feel like that's like an E list Spider Man villain already. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He has so like, many villains. Yeah. That'd heard... be like a that'd be like the 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 pig Spider Man villain. <laughs> oh yeah, have you heard Spider of uh, Big Wheel? That that's a that's a D list Spider. That's a real D list Spider Man villain. He he's a guy that's in a wheel. Nice. 
just a wheel. Look it up. Like not not a not a car. What's his name again? Monster truck. Big wheel. Big wheel. Yeah. Big wheel. I mean, I guess it sounds like a freaking like picture book you read to your five year old. (laughs) The villain's like the Pope in his Pope mobile, and he's just mowing (laughs) me down. (laughs) It's a big wheel. Oof, that's. And it's not a hamster. It's crazy. No, it's a guy. No. Oh, he's little arms too. He's got. He's a wheel. He's got little claw arms. Wow. Okay, so he was first appeared in 1978. Weren't they doing, like, hard drugs back then? Well, yeah. I mean, it yeah, depends on who they is. All of them. Everybody. Everybody? everybody. The populace. <laughs> Humans. Everybody was consuming drugs. Edition 183. So they were running out of ideas. Clearly. He could have been... He could have replaced Lizard, to be honest. Big wheel. I'd love to see his motivation. Yeah, I would have watched that. <laughs> I don't know if I... Or Rocket Racer. Rocket Racer's another person, apparently. Yep. They, they would have to rename this the Mediocre Spider-Man if they were the villains, but... Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, why don't we do Shocker? Shocker would have been great. I don't know enough about his origins. Like, every time I see him, he's doing something different. And I'm like, dude, why are you always just the henchman to somebody? What do you Yeah, doing? he is. He's always a henchman. He's just, like, a safe cracker that every, like... Kingpin pimps him out. Like, what do you do? Kingpin would have been... I feel like Kingpin would have been a better, like, sequel or, or third movie. Because what, what they did with Kingpin in Daredevil Season 3 just freaked me the F out. Because I was paranoid with everybody that came on screen. Because I was just like, is Kingpin in their pocket too? Turns out they were. You guys gotta watch Daredevil. Did you watch Season I do. I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Because I don't like season one or two, to be honest. I know. Really? I I'm heard probably, it was good. I'm probably alone with that. But I, I really dislike season two because I did not like Elektra. I don't like Elektra as a character. Just mm-hmm. in general. She's, she's just... Daredevil's a lot of interest, but a ninja. As much as I like comic books, I wouldn't consider him one of my favorites. I like Miles Morales because he's just a black Spider-Man. But, like, just Spider-Man? There's other heroes I like more. I think he's my favorite superhero, actually. Aside from maybe Magneto, but he's like, I'm also mm-hmm. I also have less to draw from than you, Jelani. So maybe that's why. I'm pretty sure Batman is the only one above Spider-Man as far as popularity goes. As far as people's favorite. Batman's too. my favorite. There it is. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. So uh, see, I'm I'm because we're I setting remember... up a rivalry for when yeah. we talk about the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> I see. Because I despise Batman, David. Yeah, I know. You've said it a few. You like Superman, which is why like we're on the complete polar opposites of like the superhero spectrum. Like I love that Batman doesn't have powers, and you hate that he doesn't have powers. (laughs) And Chris Nolan loves that Batman doesn't have powers. So I'm. And you love Chris Nolan, so. And that's the truth. Gay rights. But the Dark Knight trilogy is actually on the lower end of my Nolan rankings. So. That's I good. Like At least you're not biased. Well, when all of your Nolan rankings are number one, Evan, is it really fair? It's They're fair. Not that high. Batman Begins, I think, is actually my second least favorite Nolan movie. The only what's one your first least favorite? Insomnia, but I barely even count uh-huh. that as a Nolan because he didn't write it. 
Yeah, I Did his brother so write it or nobody? No, no, it was a completely separate. He just came mm. on to direct, so I don't even know if I consider that a true Nolan. I feel like for your top ten list, you just have number three, number two, and then number one is like a bracket, and it's just all Nolan movies. No, yeah. no, I think I think there's probably three Nolans in my top ten. It's Inception, obviously, and then probably Memento and The Prestige would be I've seen in my top ten. You've seen none of those. Me yeah, neither. I've seen none of them. Me neither. Neither of you have seen Inception? Nope. Oh, no, I saw Inception. Okay. I've only seen of Nolan's Dunkirk, the trilogy, and then Interstellar. I haven't seen Nolan's. Well, that is going to change probably very slowly because I want to space out the Nolans, but we are going to do all of them except Insomnia probably, including Following, which he made for $6,000 and is only on YouTube. Um, oh, nice. Isn't that yeah. the S- STD demon? No, that's It Follows. Oh, that's It Follows, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah def- definitely not that. I have heard of that movie, but no. Um, that movie's crazy, yo. They just, it's like surrealistic STD demons. They have sex and they start seeing things. I've heard of it. I did not know that was the premise. I had to yeah. watch it for my, uh, the horror movie class in Drexel. Mm-hmm. It was, it was... I don't get why it blew up. People thought it, like, changed horror, and I'm like, bruh. No, the only spooky scene was the the tall dude when mm. she had her back to the, in the, bedroom. the black hallway, and he just out of nowhere. That was freaky. But other yep. than that, that's that's just because the dude was freakishly tall and thin, and he had black eyes. Like that, that's creepy in any situation. If I saw an NBA player like that, I'd, I'd be freaked out. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. Mm. I had a couple of other random notes I just wanted to shout out before the end. Shout out to James Horner. Like, we'll talk about Hans in the next one because Jelani and I both love that score, but James Horner really nailed this score. I I think he crushed it. I don't remember a single song from this movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's... It's not my favorite score to listen to in isolation, but, like, mainly the crane scene. Like, the score in that crane okay, scene. That, okay, so maybe that's... I didn't notice the music was playing, but I, I had felt something in that moment, and I was wondering why... And I normally, I'm normally thinking, this is the music that's doing it to me. But in that scene, I didn't notice. So I guess it's it both. did a good job. I think it's both. Like that scene is constructed really well. Like, especially like I think the Raimi trilogy wishes it had that scene, because they tried doing the like rally around, rally the city around Spider-Man and it, it the New York in, in, in one. Yeah. yeah, but I. I'm sure not everyone is into the crane scene in this, but I I think it actually works really well as, like, Spider-Man inspiring the city to, like, get him there. I like it. And James Horner's score there, I think, is at its peak. Cranes it's, is another it's thing excellent. prevalent in Spider-Man stuff. You gotta well, give him something to, to swing on. Yeah, aside from the building. Yeah, but there's always, like, a crane falling or it knocks something yeah there's down the one in spider-man him. 3 the one in ps4 yeah. spider-man yeah. ps4 where he webs it up and no that was the helicopter but it caused that um oh yeah i vaguely remember that part that was so cool he just landed on top of the helicopter and up. Yeah. Sorry, that crane scene is pretty dope though i think that might be one of the best in the movie anyway do you guys have any closing thoughts the last and finally the last note i have is the score quote unquote score doesn't hold a flame to danny elfman's 
disagree. <laughs> so we just have polar opposite viewing experiences. But yeah, the whole time I was I, sitting here like, I don't really like the score. I love Danny Elfman's score. I love Danny Elfman as a composer. He's my second favorite. Wait, composer. Danny Elfman in what? With, with what he, he, the Raimi trilogy. he scored the Raimi trilogy. I remember those more. I remember that. Dude, this again, that's probably he also I've did like a lot of Tim Burton movies, movies like Beetlejuice. Eighty nine, yeah, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, he did uh, Batman. He did, he did that Batman, yeah, and he did a uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I think, uh, yeah, well. he was Scissor heavily hands. involved in that music. And now he's going to be doing the Doctor Strange score, which is also getting directed by Sam Raimi. So they're working oh, together again. Can't wait. I hope somebody else wrote the script. Well, Raimi never wrote the scripts for the original trilogy, I think. He brought in other people. Well, I hope he didn't have a hand in writing it. He's I don't think hard, he's though. credited. I don't think he's credited either. He is credited, though, for writing The Evil Dead. And so, you know, that's a that. horror. It's it's pretty famous horror movie. There's two of them. And they're very campy, very, like, 80s horror so, a lot of reports are coming out that the new Doctor Strange is trying to be a horror movie, so I'm curious to see what that's going to look like with him, since he started in horror. Oh, wait. Oh, God. This, okay, these MCU movies are messing with my mind. I was thinking that I already seen that trailer, and I'm thinking, wait, that didn't look like a horror movie. That was the No Way Home trailer. Mm, yeah. I'm like, yeah, with Doctor Strange is in that, too, in so I'm yeah. combining the two, and I'm like, wait, okay. That's right. the thing, like, the movies lose, or the MCU movies lose their impact when they have to, like, force them all together. Like, all of my favorite Shang-Chi moments were, like, when it wasn't in the it, MCU. I, I realized, like, when I was a three quarters of the way through, through, the, through the movie, I was like, wait, this is an MCU movie. Oh my mm-hmm. god, what? And then at the end, of course. Also, don't watch Venom, Venom 2. You just watch the, the end credit scene. Please, god, oh my god, I was so bored through that. That was the longest hour. It was only an hour and a half, and that was the longest hour and a half of my life. I would have rather just sat and stared at a wall instead. <laughs> oh, I hated that wow. movie. I mean, I, I had no interest anyway. Good. So. Don't. I still haven't seen the first one. It, I, the first one, I think it was better. I, I'm hearing people say the second one, it, they're, they're comparable. You're pretty much going to get exactly what you got in the first one. No, I enjoyed the first one. The second one was... Did Eminem do another song? Yeah. For it? <laughs> he yeah. did. Oh, he well, did? With Skylar Grey? Uh, oh, I'm coming home. Skylar Grey. Singer. I don't know what else she's done. I only know the coming home. He collabs with her on, like, every album. Does he? Yeah, he really likes doing stuff with Skylar Grey. What other songs it's... have they done? I, I, I'm the worst with music titles. And... Uh, All right. Uh, our next episode, of course, is going to be The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then we're going to do Back to the Future. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. We have our Patreon with our rants about the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. That's available for $1 a month. Uh, we also have our new episode out on our early writing experiences. And there's a couple other ones in there as well. You can buy our merchandise on Zazzle. Our logo is by, Keltry- our logo is by Kelsey Hendry. I'm on Twitter at Ev underscore Wes. I'm on Twitter at Jelani T. Kelly. Wait, no, I'm based underscore Phoenix now on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, base Phoenix, one word. I'm not really doing anything else right now. Uh, read my story on Scumbahub, The Villain Wins. I post weekly on that. Also, base Phoenix as a user of that. And I'm working on my shonen. 
So that's coming soon. And book two of Descendant. Yeah, I'm nowhere. Don't find me. <laughs> Omicron's in the U.S. Don't get your vaccine. Get your booster. Instagram at the clock tower. Gwen Stacy dies in. Let's get into it. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man two. Can't wait. Woo, woo. Um, I'm a little nervous because I loved it, but I also haven't seen it in a while. It might not hold up. I think I'm still going to enjoy parts of it at least. I'll still enjoy the Garfield. And all, all of his awkward amazingness. You really just said, at the clock tower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bring it back again for the second one, please. Oh, I, I kind of hate it, but also, like... <laughs> Is that all in words? Good. <laughs> yeah. At underscore. The clock tower <laughs> <laughs> <Dot> com. <sighs> Oh my god. Alright, uh, see you guys next time.